Fired Up, the hottest new sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this episode are NCAA Basketball Conference Games of the Week and the Selection Committee's Top 16 Teams. Utah Jazz, the hottest team in the NBA. NBA All-Star starters announced and controversy around the All-Star game. J.J. Watt out in Houston. Carson Wentz in in Indy. And we have more topics that we'll discuss later. <clears throat> Hear all that and more after this short break from one of our sponsors. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast but didn't know how to get started? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me give you the top five reasons why. Number one, it's free. Number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. Number four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Number five, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, just like the guys from Fired Up did. Welcome back to this week's edition of Fired Up Sports Show, where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. With that, I give you the chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Hey, welcome everybody. Glad you could tune in and listen to us tonight. Um, we're going to start the show off tonight with our uh, conference uh, games of the week in NCAA basketball. And uh, Braden will let you lead off of the Pac-10. Yeah, I got the Pac-12 this week, and uh, I got a matchup between 17 USC and Oregon. Star forward Evan Mobley averaging 17 points a game for USC, and he's also getting nine boards. Leads the Trojans against a 13-4 Oregon team that has sat multiple games due to COVID recently. Oregon's backcourt of Eugene Omorui averaging 17.5 points per game, and Chris Duarte is averaging 17.3 points per game. Uh, they're close in overall points per game, USC and Oregon is, with 17 uh, for USC, and then Oregon's at 74.5. But I think uh, USC's too power of an offense and plays too good of defense. I think they're going to come on top in this one. All right, very good. Matt, we're going to save you for last because I think you got the biggest game of the weekend. Absolutely. Colton, let's, uh, let's have you do one of your games. All right, I'm going to go in the Big 12 here. We got the big matchup tomorrow, uh, 3 o'clock game uh, between number 13, West Virginia, and number 12, Texas. Uh, Texas sitting at 7-4, and four, fourth in the Big 12. And actually, West Virginia is 7-4, and four, fourth in the Big 12 as well. So pretty big matchup here, you know, between two, you know, good, good teams, uh, pretty evenly ranked. Uh, so it should be, should be an interesting one. Uh, West Virginia scoring at a rate of 78.1 points per game in the conference. They're, they're second in the conference with, with that mark. Um, and Texas right there behind them, 75.9 points per game. Um, you know, a little bit different uh, kind of West Virginia, you know, kind of formula for, for them this year. You know, uh, Bob Huggins usually uh, likes to get that defense, really likes to press and, you know, really pick it up on the defensive end and kind of translate defense to offense. But, this year, not 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 the case. You know, they're scoring a lot more points, giving up a little bit more points than I think uh, Huggins is used to. But uh, they're, uh, you know, on the offensive rebounds, they're getting about 13 offensive boards a game. That's a lot. And uh, shooting almost 42% from three-point line. So, you know, I, you know, I think the key to the game is, you know, limiting West Virginia to, to one look at it, you know, and, and not, you know, letting them get to the three-point line. Uh, so Texas is going to have to have to watch that. Um but at the same time, you know, Texas puts up the most threes in the Big 12 at, at almost 28, 26 uh, a game. So they, uh, you know, and then they're also leading the league in total rebounds. So it looks like they're, you know, pretty good rebounding team. So that'll be, you know, an interesting matchup to watch uh, that that rebound battle. But in the end, I think I'm going to pick West Virginia to win, win this game. Um, you know, a little key tidbit. These two teams played uh, about... Uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, Texas came out on top, seventy-two to seventy in that game. But this time, I think West Virginia get the, get the revenge game. That they, they they win it this time. All right, that's that's a good that's a good lineup there. Uh, you know they'll have to go back to basics. I think Texas ought to box out. You know, going back to back to basic basketball. You know, putting your body in a position, putting a body on somebody. I love those kind of games. Mm -hmm. um, I got the ACC again this week, and I wanted to. Uh, take the Virginia Tech and Florida State game as my pick, but that game was postponed to 
due to COVID issues on the Virginia Tech squad, and then also another game in the ACC that was um, um, postponed is the Clemson at Pitt game. So um, I had to pick, uh, I went with the Louisville at North Carolina, which airs at 6 o'clock on ESPN on Saturday. Um, I think you got 11-4 and four Louisville, 6-3 and three in the conference against a 13-7, and seven, and in overall 75-7-5 North Carolina team. Uh, tough matchup for both these teams. They're, neither one of them are playing up to their standards, I don't think, what we're used to seeing out of these two powerhouse squads. But Louisville's only played two ranked teams all season. They lost to number 12 Wisconsin, and they beat a number 19 ranked Virginia Tech. North Carolina's played three ranked teams this season. They've lost to every ranked team that they've played. Mm. They got beat by number 17 Texas by number three, Iowa, and by number nine, Virginia. So, mm-hmm. you know, a tough tough game to call. I like Louisville in this game, even though they're, they're playing at North Carolina. Uh, I, just, I just think that Louisville's going to outrun them, and North Carolina's not going not gonna to be able to keep up. So I'm going with Louisville over North Carolina on Saturday night. Colton, we're going to go back to you before we get into Matt's game of the week. Yeah, yeah, no, so I had the luxury of trying to find a uh, – Decent game to pick in the SEC this week, but, uh, you know, hopefully I found one. You know, game tomorrow, 1 o'clock, uh, Kentucky versus number 16, Tennessee. Kentucky sitting there at 7-13 and 13 overall, 6-7, and 8th in the SEC. Tennessee has a decent overall record, 15-5, and five, but 8-5, 4th in the SEC. So not exactly where we, you know, like to see these two teams be in the SEC. You know, Nobody's really falling there. Right, yeah, standings. Kentucky Yeah, now? and uh, for me, this game, I think, is going to be the first team to score 70 points wins this game because mm-hmm. you're looking at 72.5 points per game for Kentucky, ninth in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee, even lower than that, 70.2 points per game, 11th in the conference. I mean – Goodness gracious, they're they're not they're not scoring the ball. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee does have something going. They're only giving up sixty about sixty seven points per game, which is good for first yeah, in the conference. So they may not be scoring a lot, but they're not letting their opponents score as much. So, so I mean, is that bad shooting, great defense, slower pace of game? I, mean, I think it just it's uh, you know one of those things. Tennessee just doesn't have one of those. They just don't have those superstars on their team. And, yeah. You know. A lot of their guys are barely averaging over that 10 points per game, you know, mark. So I think both these teams kind of like to spread it around, and you know, but they just don't have that one guy that they can just say, he's going to go off for us, he's going to score us, you know, 20, 30 points a game. But uh, they do it by committee. Um, And, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Tennessee averaging almost 22 free throw attempts. (laughs) The bad part is they're only shooting 70% from the free throw line. So – they get to the line a lot, but they're not converting those into easy wow. points. So again, fundamental basketball. Yeah, so it, it's going to be it's going to be a defensive battle, I think, uh, because then you got Kentucky on the other side at seven point one blocks per game, good yeah. for first first in the conference. So I, in the room. this is definitely going to be you know first to seventy matchup for me. Um, I just you know Kentucky's playing better of late, but I just think uh, you know Tennessee with that tough defense. Kentucky just not going to be able to find the points. I like Tennessee to win. You know, of note, these two teams played about two weeks ago. Tennessee took it 82-71. to 71. I think Tennessee gets the season sweep. They, they win this game. I agree. I've watched Tennessee play a couple times this season. I, yeah, I think they get to win this week. <laughs> yep. All right, the big game. Everybody's going to be glued to the TV this weekend. The big, <laughs> the big game in the Big Ten this yep. week. Matt's going to give us a rundown on that. Absolutely. The, the big game in the Big Ten this week is probably the biggest game in the Big Ten this year and one of the biggest games in college basketball this year. we got number three, Michigan, going into Columbus against number four, OSU. Wow. These, both these teams are averaging 78 points a game, uh, pl- playing great on both sides. They're both playing. They're both hot right now. Michigan's uh, shooting shooting the ball at 49 percent, with Ohio State shooting at 46 percent. So close there. Uh, Michigan shooting the three ball at 38 percent. Ohio State's 36 percent. So I mean, these teams are really mirror images of each other. So I think it's going to come down to matchups. You got uh, for Michigan. You got Hunter Dickinson uh, matched up with uh, EJ Liddell of the Buckeyes. And then you got Franz Wagner and uh, Dwayne Washington for the Buckeyes. And the Michigan's Isaiah Livers versus uh, Justice Suing for the Buckeyes. 
I think these are the top scorers on each team, and I think whichever trio does better is going to be the winner of this game. Uh, Michigan's coming off a hard streak here. Playing, They just played against Wisconsin and Rutgers, both teams that have been ranked recently. And uh, Ohio State only had one game this week against Penn State. Uh, it was a little rougher game than I think Buckeye fans would like to have seen, but, but the Buckeyes stepped up and got it done. I also think a big difference in this game is going to be Ohio State's depth. Ohio State's been playing nine, ten guys deep all season yeah, long. Yeah, Michigan plays six or seven guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I think with Michigan's uh, just now getting off that big delay for COVID and Ohio State's depth, I think that gives Ohio State a little bit of an edge here, and I think Ohio State wins a close one. Yeah, right. no, I think that, that nine, ten guys, you know, I think is even going to come into play when we get into March Madness time, right, you know, because right. you don't know what's going to happen with all this COVID stuff. So I mm -hmm. think the deeper teams and the teams that when they do pull from their bench, they're not giving up a lot of, you know, talent, yep. I think are going to be the teams that go further in the in March Madness. So okay. that's that's going to be a key, not only in this game, but going forward for Ohio State. Absolutely. Liddell's really been playing good for LSU. He's really yeah. come on. I was a little disappointed the way he played early in the season, but, yeah. man, he's, he's really coming alive now yeah. and at the right time. Right. Michigan did have to shake off a little bit of rust. You know, they had the long layoff with the COVID situation up there in Michigan, but uh, they had to shake off the rust, started out a little sluggish earlier in the week, but, you know, finished up with a win. So yep. I, it's going to be a good matchup. I know Michigan just had betters in Vegas not too happy, too, because they gave up a bunch of points at the end of that Rutgers game yeah. and actually flipped, flipped the line. Right, right. Better, betters weren't very happy with, with the Wolverines <laughs> in that one. Right. Well, while we're talking about the NCAA, let's um, let's get into the uh, uh, selection committee's um, top 16 teams that they they have so far. Um Let's, they they gave out uh, region one through four with the one through four on the line. So uh, let's uh, have Colton lead us off with this. What we're going to try to do here is maybe give you a uh, one team we like where they where the committee put them and a team that we don't like where they're at. Yeah, yeah. So I'll read off the teams just so everybody kind of knows if you haven't seen them yet. Um, obviously, these rankings are just the initial rankings. They're going to change a hundred different times from here until you know March. So. You know, right now the committee says, you know, the one seeds are Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Ohio State. Then Big you got ten. the yeah, Big, ten. Big Ten representing with two in the in the number one right there. And then number two seeds, you got Illinois, Villanova, Alabama, and Houston. Uh, three seeds, you got Virginia, West Virginia, uh, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Then you got the four seeds, Iowa, Texas Tech, Texas, and Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of a conference breakdown that gives – Five teams from the Big 12, four teams from the Big 10, three from the SEC. I think the big surprise, the ACC has one. One team. West, the Western Coast Conference with Gonzaga has one. The Big East, Villanova has one. And the AAC, Houston being the lone representative for that. So, yeah. you know, what I what I do like, I, I like the number one seeds. I think it, you know, I think that, that looks good. I think they got it. Obviously, I, I think these are right now. At, at that time, the four best teams in 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 the NCAA basketball right now. So I, I really think all four are probably going to hold on to those spots. I don't see right. I don't see Gonzaga losing anything, and even if they do, it'll only be one or two losses going in. That right. won't bump them off of one. No, right. Baylor's undefeated at this point. That won't bump them off of one. Yeah. Michigan, and Ohio State playing each other. You're not going to lose anything there. Right. That's, right. That's such a yeah, good matchup. I don't see either of them dropping out of the top four after playing each other. I mean, they're yeah, two yeah. of the best teams in the nation. But I, I would say what I what I don't don't like maybe uh, is is Houston sitting there at one of the two seeds. I know that they're the let's say last ranked number two seed, but let's be honest, who, who are they playing? I mean, I, I know Gonzaga doesn't play in a great conference either, but they're non-conference. They do have a few you know quality non-conference wins mm -hmm. to you know keep them up there. But Houston. I mean, who knows who, who plays in the AAC anymore? I mean, nobody, yeah. nobody any good plays in there. So how can you put Houston above, you know, some of these better teams? Maybe uh, Virginia or an, or a surprise team, Oklahoma, maybe move mm -hmm. up up there. So you know, I, of course, these rankings are going to change, and you know, things are going to you know shake out and whatnot. But uh, you know, I, I think Houston probably doesn't deserve to be on that two line. All right. I would I would agree with you, Colton. I'm not even sure if Houston belongs in there at all. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to go one step farther, and not I don't even think they should be in the, there at, sitting at number two in region number two. Let, let's look at some of the teams they beat. Our Lady of the Lake 
What? <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't even know where that's located. Yeah. So yeah. Our Lady of the Lake only scored forty six points. Yeah. They beat Lamar. Lamar only scored forty five points. I mean, come on, these aren't quality wins. Right. The only ranked team they played was Texas Tech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know they got in the, in the you know the Wichita State Shockers beat them yesterday. Right. So, but they're going to get their revenge. I think they play each other again here in a couple of days. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Um, how that shakes out. But now one team that I do like where they got them, and that's Alabama. Mm, I'll tell you yeah. what, folks, that's a team to watch. Yeah, They're 17-5, and 12-1 overall. They got them at the number two seed in Region 1. Um, they beat number 19, Tennessee. They pounded number 24, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Then they lost to Oklahoma and lost to Missouri which are, you know, two teams that are in this top 16. Right. They struggled early in the season before Christmas. They had terrible losses to Stanford, Clemson, and Western Kentucky. Oof. But since since that loss to Western Kentucky, which was right before Christmas, uh, in the 15 games since then, they're averaging over 40 or 83 points a game. Mm-hmm. They are just yep. stroking it. Red two hot. of those games, they went over the century mark. Wow. They scored 105 and 115 in two of those games. It's NBA wow. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So those are NBA scores. But, you know, I, I, I think they got Alabama right. So that was, I agree with Colton on all the number one seeds. And I like Alabama at number two. Yeah, you know, just a tidbit about Alabama. They, you know, have some good stuff going down there. They just uh, awarded their coach with a big contract extension. So hats off to Nate Oates for, for a big uh, big extension there. You know, he, they're doing big things down there in Tuscaloosa. So. Uh, very good. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with both of you. I just don't think Houston belongs in that two spot after unranked losses to Tulsa. East Carolina and Wichita State, I just don't really think they have anything that shows they're up in the top eight teams. Mm-hmm. Um, my best team, I I got to go with Ohio State. They've really played their butts off as of recently. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. I think they've done what it takes to be that number one seed, and I like that they're in there. Yeah. Matt likes to hear that. He's sitting, <laughs> yeah, right he's sitting here in his own shoe hat. Yeah, so right. he, he's all he's about grinning that. ear to ear with that one. <laughs> you know, I, it, it does make me happy to see the Buckeyes playing so well, but I almost feel like it's fool's gold. You know, they, they, came, <laughs> they came into this year not highly ranked. Yeah. Nobody thought much of them. Right. And they've just outplayed everything. So it, and they're so well balanced, yeah. it seems like. I, I just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, though. When, when When's the scoring going to stop? What's something going to happen? But yeah. they, they keep surprising me, and I, I'm loving every second of it. But I, I agree with Colton. I think Houston's a little highly ranked. Um, I also think uh, Tennessee and Missouri are a little higher than they probably should be. I, I think uh, a Big Ten team that could have maybe got in here just due to the fact that they're playing in the toughest conference in basketball, I think Wisconsin could have been in this top yeah, 16 somewhere. Yeah. So I, I, th- I think that's some changes that could have been made. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Yeah, good good analysis there, fellas. I, I like that. Um, well, let's move on. Let's stay with basketball, Let's but let's uh, move into the NBA. One thing we wanted to talk about is uh, right now the Utah Jazz are the hottest team in the NBA. Um, I mean, bar none. By far. I mean, they're just they're just tearing it up. Nine straight wins. They've won twenty of the last twenty-one. Um, you know, they just you know they seems like they've come out of nowhere. But they you know they got some quality players on that team. So we want to talk a little bit. Four of us want to talk a little bit about what makes Utah so good right now. What's making them so good. And uh, Matt, we'll let you lead off with your analysis of the Utah Jazz. Yeah, absolutely. The Utah Jazz, what I'm seeing is making them so good is, is the fact that they're deep. They have nine guys in their team averaging double di- digits per, in minutes per game with Donovan Mitchell leaving, leading the way at 33 minutes a game. They also have six guys on the team averaging double digits in points per game. Mm, wow. uh, Donovan Mitchell leading the way at 24. Yeah. Um, all nine guys that are averaging those minutes are shooting 40% or better from the field, too. Jesus. I mean, it's just a well-balanced team. They lead the league in three-pointers made and uh, total rebounds and are third in the league in block shots. So they're not only doing it on the offensive end, they're doing it on the defensive end as well. Yeah. These guys can run and gun with their guards, or if they need to slow it down with their bigs, they got Rudy Rudy Gobert and uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. To, mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they can play however you want to play. Mm-hmm. They're really a complete team, and I, I think that's what makes them so good. And they're going to be tough to beat. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, they're, I think they got – I think they got the horses for the long haul in that Western, very competitive Western Conference. Yeah. Um, I think there's two reasons I see that uh, why what makes Utah so good. One is Quinn Snyder, their coach. Yeah. Um, you know, he was named Western Conference All Star coach. He's going to be coaching, you know, the All Star game this year. So obviously his, you know, his uh, 
his opponents out there are recognizing, you know, Quinn's, you know, abilities there from the bench. And let's not forget, he played for and coached with Coach Krzyzewski. Yes, yeah. So, yes, you know, sir. there's that pedigree right there. Right. Um, you know, he's a smart guy. He's got a law degree from Duke University. I mean, yeah. the dude, the dude's got his head square, turned on square. So, my other reason... The Stifle Tower. Oh, <laughs> the French Rejection. Oh, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. If you remember, folks, I picked him on my starting five. It didn't happen the way I thought it would. But, you know, this dude is a stud. He plays hard on the defensive end. You know I've mentioned before how much I like guys who play defense. Yeah. Two-time defensive player of the year. All-time, Four-time all-defensive team. He's second right now in the NBA in blocks at 2.7 and third in rebounds in the NBA. So, you know, he's crashing the boards. He uses that big body in there, seven foot one with a seven foot nine wingspan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they beat the they beat the Clippers the other night, you know, who's a you know, top team in the West. Now, granted, the Clippers were a little under man with Kawhi, Paul George, and Batum all sitting out with, mm-hmm. with injuries. Um uh so, you know, but they get their rematch tonight. They actually play later tonight. So, yep. and I'm not sure the status. I didn't see the status of Kawhi yeah. Leonard and Paul George and uh, Nicholas Batum. But, um, you know, if those three play, look look for that to be a real, a really just a slugfest. Man, mm-hmm. them two teams are going to go at it because they know they're playing for something later on. So, I, I love the way the Utah Jazz are playing right now. The defense, I, I, I got to love it. Yeah, to go on what you guys said, I mean, they're the epitome of fundamental basketball. They're showing it can win you big games, too. And I think the uh, emerging star in Mitchell showing he can finally lead a team first in the West. He's averaging 24.2 points a game. And then also, the sixth man of the year who's probably going to get it is Jordan Clarkson. He's averaging 18.2 points per game off the bench. Wow. And I mean, like Matt said, six guys in double digits. That really shows how much that ball is swinging around. And I mean, it obviously leads to championships and it wins games too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. No, I, I, you know, just to add on, kind of wrap this up, you know, they're 20 and one over the last month, 20 and one yeah. over the last month, wow. uh, you know, 19 wins by double digits this year, 19 <laughs> wins, only two teams better than them so far, you know, in the history of the NBA that have had more wins this far into the season. That was the 2008-2009 Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, I believe the other one, I'm not sure the year, but was the Boston Celtics, the championship year of the Boston Celtics. Right. Um, so, you know, the potential is there for them to make a run at this at this finals. Um, you know, obviously, I think the numbers are going to come down a little bit. I, you know, the yeah, three-point percentages, I yeah, think, are going to kind of, you know, mellow itself out, you know, work itself out. But let's not forget, just last year, they were thinking about splitting this team up. Yep. There was Donovan Mitchell couldn't get along with Rudy Gobert because of the whole COVID situation. I mean, Rudy Gobert was essentially the reason that the NBA stopped, yeah. uh, stopped yeah. the season because he was the first one to test positive for COVID. Yeah. And then they were saying, oh, the relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert couldn't be repaired. Well, must, they must, must have, have found they found the right psychiatrist or something because uh, they worked their problems out. They're both playing really well for them. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget also that third person of their big three, Mike Conley. I was gonna say, was he the glue? Was he the gel? Yeah, I mean, thing? Hey, right now he they, they're playing. He's he's on the injured list right now, day to day with a hamstring. But it hasn't matter. They still yeah. winning games without him. So. But I think they that veteran leadership. I think they're going to still need him down down the stretch. You know, they're going to need. He's really carved out a good career for himself out there in Utah. I love to see that for Mike Conley. Yeah, he's been he's been huge for him. I think a nice addition. You know, nice veteran leadership out there for for Utah. Um, You know, like Dad said, they got a game tonight against the Clippers. Should be a good one. Um, Their next couple games, they play Charlotte um, on on Monday, I believe. Yeah, Monday. Charlotte's not very good, but uh, another playoff team right now in the East. So, you know, another right. playoff team. Do you know the status of Kawhi or Paul I, I haven't heard. Uh, I you know, it's, it's a later game. It's a 10 o'clock Eastern right, game. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. they, they I, from what I heard, it was kind of a game time decision the last time that these two teams played. So I don't expect it to be anything less kind of a game time mm-hmm. decision. So I'm not sure what the what the status is, but. 
Then after the Hornets, they get the big showdown with another Los Angeles team. They play the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know all three of them teams are going to be there at the end of the season. Right, so right. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, the big matchup for me is watching the Lakers. I mean, that's the defending NBA champs against, you know, this up-and-coming Utah Jazz team. So we'll see how that goes next week. Um, but the Jazz, yeah, right now, hottest team in the NBA right Easily. now. One more nickname. The Go Bear Report. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while we're on the NBA, let's talk about the, the starters. The starters have been named for the uh, NBA All-Star Game. And then after that, we're going to touch a little bit on some of the controversy surrounding the NBA All-Star Game. And uh, we don't want to get into a political discussion, but this is uh, this is important stuff to these players and in, in the league itself. So, Hey, uh, Colton, why don't you run down the starters in the West? In the West? Okay, I, I we got Steph Curry, you know, guard from Golden State, uh, Luka Doncic in the other guard spot from Dallas, uh, LeBron James, who is the captain for the West. So yeah. when they do the draft, he'll be picking the team for the rest of that Western Western team, I guess, even though he can pick players from West or Inside. East. Uh, he's going to be the captain on that West squad. Uh, then you got Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers, and finally the center, Nikola Jokic. Um, so, you know, I was pretty close when I picked picked my five, you know, a couple couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. You know, the only one I kind of kind of missed on that one was Nikola Jokic. I didn't didn't see him. I, I had Zion in there, yeah. but yeah, uh, I think I, I think I think Zion still has a good shot at getting picked. He's playing really well this year. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, LeBron. He a lot of energy. Hopefully, hopefully he's in good graces with LeBron since LeBron's <laughs> yeah. picking. So uh, we'll see see what happens there. So uh, yeah. who wants to go with the East here? Yeah, I can break the East the lineup down. Uh, we started with the big. You got Joel Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers uh, at the guards. You got Bradley Beal playing out of Washington. Kyrie Irving from the Nets, and you got uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo coming out of Milwaukee, and Kevin Durant from the Nets. So th- this was as predictable as it comes. Yeah. I, I think. Two or three of us actually called this exact lineup. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a pretty easy call. I mean, these are just the, the, the favorite players in the league on the on the top teams. You know, it, it made a lot of sense. It was an easy call. Yeah, I was glad to see. I think they named uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Durant the yeah, Durant's yeah. the captain. How so do they choose captain? Is that it's a fan vote? It's, yeah, 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 whoever gets the highest votes, votes from each. Because I know conference. like the fan votes count for fifty percent, and then and the, and the media yeah, counts. The media is twenty five, and then the players are twenty five. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so yeah, I was glad to yeah. see Bradley Beal after a year of uh, him getting snubbed last year. I was glad to see that he's back in the starters. Yeah, glad to see him on the on the East. You know, the Wizards are terrible, but he's tearing it up. He's doing everything he can, but. There's only so much one guy can do. Yeah, so. averaging over 30 points but, a game. There's not really much else. Yeah, good, good, good to see him at least get. Is, is there anybody else you would have liked to seen in there, fellas? The only, the only kind of controversy I guess I saw, um, it it came down to a handful of votes. Literally, the fan vote uh, for Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard in mm. that starting. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that was actually when we went over this. That was my one A, one B for the West. I, yeah, I had Doncic in there, but I also had Lillard. I didn't yeah. have Steph Curry. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that you know, looking on the the Twitter stream and all the social medias and just across the league, it looks like that so far has been the biggest controversy is is Luca, um, you know, getting in there over Damian Lillard. I wonder how close that battle was between uh, Jokic and um, LeBron's running mate there, uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. I bet uh, that was a close one as well. Yeah, I think I, I think what hurt Anthony Davis is he's been hurt here like the last couple couple games. So I think it just yeah didn't didn't work out that think, well. Uh, you think? LeBron's obligated to pick his teammate as number one, I think. I mean, I, why not? He, oh, yeah. he won on the All-Star game last year. <laughs> right. so yeah, he I did the last second shot. You're right. So. Yeah, they are going with that same format, that Elam, uh, Elam, Elam ending. ending. Elam ending. So, yeah. Colton, you want to explain how that works a little bit? Yeah, so uh, basically the fourth quarter, um, whatever the score, whatever the score is, whoever's leading at that time, they take that score, they, they take it and add – basically 24 points to it and that's the target score you got to reach so if one team is down you know by eight they got to score score 32 to to make up the difference to win the game so you're you're going with that instead of a timed fourth quarter and you know it was very popular last year uh with the all-star i think it really helped people tune in more and more people because let's be honest in the past all-star games have been a running match. Right. Well, and it, you know, it makes the first three quarters matter. You know, you got to stay close, put yourself in right, the right. So, you know, you don't want to be down 
15, 20 points going into the fourth right, quarter. Right. You know, so, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them bring that to all games because I, I think at the end of games, it really slows things down. Mm. People fouling each other, trying to extend right, the game. Right, right. Where you, that, that doesn't come in play then with the Neelam ending. I, I think I, I think it would make games more exciting down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, I think there was more defense played in that fourth quarter of the Elam ending All-Star game last year than any All-Star game that was ever played yeah, before then. Right, right. It was a good game yeah. to watch. Yeah, so... But just uh, yeah, some more details about the game. They are they are going to play. You know, contrary to the players, you know, complaining and not wanting to play, they have decided to play. The NBA says that they are going to play. That game will be here in not too long, a couple weeks here, March seventh. They'll be playing in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, um, and it's going to be one one night. So they're going to do all of the events in one one night. So from what I saw, um, three point. And the skills competition will be before the game. Mm. The dunk contest is going to be at halftime of the All-Star oh, game. Wow, so that's neat. I don't know how that's, you know, that's no. limited time, you know, between, you know, halftime. Yeah, it's not going to be can't spend three can't hours, be three hours long. That. So it's, speed that process, obviously, right? I think you're going to have a lot less contestants, right. which I think people will be happy with because yeah. a lot of the times you can't even find people that want to compete in the yeah. dunk contest anymore. Um, right. So I think... I think it's going to be interesting to see how they how they do that. But, uh, you know, like Dad said, there there is a little bit of controversy around this game. You know, a lot of the players, you know, LeBron, a lot of the top players just saying, yeah. I don't think this is a good idea. Well, uh, yeah. I, I can't say that I disagree. Well, with right. the shortened season and the grind this has taken, the, you know, they all want a minute to spend some time with their families. Right. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're they only got 71 days off, you know, from the end of the season until the start. Of, they only got 71 days off. I can see – I understand, you know, some of these guys that have been playing a long time, like LeBron James, you know, they need that time to repair their bodies and, you know, uh, try to get some of the hurts and ailments, maybe minor knee surgeries and stuff worked out so they can come back strong for the following season. I, I understand their point. You know, as of February 5th, before they named the starters, LeBron said, I have no excitement and no energy for this, for this all-star game. And now he's your captain, so right. that, you know that kind of throws a shade on the game a little bit. I feel kind of a kind of a shadow over the game. But you know, anytime these guys get on the court, it, that all goes away. I think they're they're going to perform because right. they, they, yeah. it's not in them not to. They're right. going to get out there. They're going to have fun. Mm, yeah, I, I think a lot of this boils down to the NBA just trying to recoup as much money as they could with all the money lost being uh, during COVID and everything yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. But yeah. I don't know. I just think they, they, you know, would have been a bad idea. You know, at least we do have them back. And do you want, you know, they're going to have all these strict uh, COVID protocols going on. At least we are getting an NBA season in. Could mm -hmm. we, you know, could the owners in the league just have been happy with that and, you know, done away with the with the all-star game for one year? Um, just be happy there. you're at least getting a season in. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I got, and I don't often – side with uh you know multi-millionaires not wanting to play a game that's made for kids but in this in this one i got i kind of got a side with the players on this yeah one. i am glad to see that they are playing like an in-person thing instead of going like the pro bowl did with the nfl and going on a virtual thing <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, don't think know, that was that, the best pointless yeah. yeah. that I think, didn't work for me either. yeah i no. think they should have probably just not done it just right. announce yeah, the pro right, bowlers and just leave it at that yeah so i am glad to see that they're trying to get something in even if it is only one day right yeah. right no. All right. Anything else on that, fellas? Anything you want to add? No, I think it, uh, we pretty much touched touched on that, and you know we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks. Uh, you know the rest of the I, I'm not sure what the date of when they you know actually pick the rest of their team or whatever, but uh, you know will be interesting to see who those two captains, you know LeBron and Kevin Durant, probably the two best players in the NBA right now, yeah. who who they pick on their team. So yeah. yeah, good picks as captains, I think. Yeah. All right, well, let's do a little NFL. Even though we had already done a season wrap-up, there's always going to be news in the NFL. So some of these are just too big to leave alone. J.J. Mm. Watt out in, Tex out in Houston. The Houston Texans, that you know, made him unrestricted. So I guess uh, – What's your thoughts on what's going on in Texas? Because we know the situation with the quarterback down there. Um, now JJ's leaving. Is it a, is it a management problem? And tell me, give me your guys. Where do you think where do you think JJ's going to land? Yeah, I I just I mean I feel bad for the city of Houston. You know, it, it, the last you know several years that team or that city has been like a sports town. You know, you had the Astros that win the World Series a couple of years back, but. 
Who knows if that's legit because they get caught for cheating. Right. Yeah. Then you got James Harden. I don't want to be in Houston anymore. Okay, yeah. see you later. Yeah. Now you got Deshaun Watson saying, I don't want to be in Houston anymore. Okay, well, let's see what we can do here. J.J. Watt, probably the most stand-up guy that yeah. Houston has. I mean, yeah. not a stand, not only a stand-up guy on the field, but yeah. just a standout guy off the field. I mean, they can't say enough good things about the stuff that he did for that city. Mm-hmm. Um so now he says, I want out of Houston. So, you know, he, his wish, you know, he got his wish. He's out of Houston. Um, you know, just a few stats while he was there. You know, he was the 11th pick by Houston in 2011. Uh, three times out of Wisconsin, Big Ten player. Three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, only one of three players to ever win it three times. Yeah. So, you know, he's in pretty pretty good uh, company there. Um, but, you know, from what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, uh, basically his next team – is going to be who is going to bring him a Super Bowl? Who, who does he have the best chance to win a Super Bowl with? Yeah. So, you know, that automatically eliminates a, a bunch of teams. The uh, Jets. The, the Jets <laughs> being one of them, you know. Let's let's not, you know, probably those top ten, peop, top ten teams that are picking in the top ten yeah. are probably all eliminated yeah, yeah. at this point. Uh, you're not picking in the top ten. Right. I you mean, get, he's ten years into his career. He doesn't have time to wait for a, no. for right. a team to rebuild. But you know, they are all still courting them. I'm sure they're oh, all still they're, they're trying. Yeah. They're, yeah. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean that those yeah. bottom feeders aren't trying yeah. to, you right, know, right. at least put their word in there to see what they can do. Yeah. But, right. you know, that, that does, you know, I think eliminate a lot of the teams. But, yeah. you know, for me, it, it goes, you know, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Buffalo and Tennessee, you know, but I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where he, where he's going to go because I don't know that, you know, he wants to play for a Super Bowl, but does that mean he's going to take less money to right. play for a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not be, you know, he, he is an older, you know, he's older in his career. He has yeah, played, you know, months. 10 good seasons, but in the last two years, he's only played in combined eight games. Yeah. So he is, you know, that injury bug has hit him. So is he willing to take a hit in money to go play for, you know, a team that doesn't necessarily have as much cap space. I, I don't know. I don't know where his mind is. I didn't, I didn't do my research on this. Does anybody know who his agent is? Because that's going to make a big difference on what ca- amount of money he yeah, takes. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm not sure on that. We, we probably should have looked that up. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm not sure who, who his agent is. But I think, uh, you know, it seems that he is very much wanting to get a Super Bowl or at least get to a Super Bowl um, to be, you know, go down as one of the best defensive linemen in in the game. You know, we always talk about, you know, how many Super Bowls does he have? That's, you know, that's the automatic number one that's thing. That's the benchmark that everybody's measuring Right. By. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's the important thing. So for me, I, I think he is going to be willing to take a little bit less money to go to a team that, you know, doesn't have as much money to pay him. How long he signs a deal, I don't know. Maybe he's a one-year rental. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I would also throw maybe a dark horse. I know people are going to say, man, this is crazy. But I've heard Tampa Bay rumors of wow. Tampa Bay in the mix. And I hear they just aren't going to have the cat space. they yeah. got to re-sign a lot of their own yeah. guys yeah. If, they, if they want to run that thing back again. Yeah, yeah. That's all I know. You saw people like Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette took way less money to go win their chip, and now they're sitting with a Super Bowl. He can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so... I, so that, you, you're not going to give a pick on where you think he's going to land? I, I, I don't... I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, would say Pittsburgh... Because his two brothers are playing, you know, yeah. in Pittsburgh, but right. the cap space for Pittsburgh right now is, is an absolute, absolute mess. Especially I mean, when you're paying obviously, you know, Big Ben has said he's willing to, you know, restructure his deal. But that helps. Enough. That and helps out. The Pouncey brother just retired. Right. So that, that, that helps out some, but out. it just all depends where he's at money wise. But can like, Pittsburgh win a Super Bowl too? Right. That's that right. team he feels right. is going to get him there. That's right. So you know, another one, you know. Hey, Cleveland fans, I've heard the Browns are in the running. I don't know that the Browns really need a pass rusher. Yeah, I don't feel like he's what gets them over yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think they need the back half. They're, you know, linebackers slash, you know, corner safeties, I think, is where mm-hmm. they need help on the defense. Right. Not to say that if you could get J.J. Watt for cheap, I mean, he's he, yeah. the man's a stud. So yeah. you're, you're getting a good quality player. But I just think the Browns need something else. Yeah, I, I've got it broken down to, I think, three teams where I think he'll potentially land. I'm looking at Tennessee, Baltimore, and Green Bay. Tennessee because he has that relationship built in with Mike Vrabel already. Yeah, yeah, Vrabel sure. was the, the defensive coach there in Houston when he was a rookie there. So I mean, makes sense. They, you know, they've got a big relationship there. Yeah. Green Bay, obviously, because of all of his ties with Wisconsin. He played for the Badgers. He grew up in Wisconsin. 
Man, that, that I mean, that just that's a story that writes itself. Yeah. And the, you, they're a Super Bowl contender if Aaron Rodgers is back. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. is he is signing what enough to bring Rodgers back? Does that make him happy? Right. Right. You right. know, so that, that could know. be two birds, one stone. And then I, I think Baltimore is just one of those teams that a little more defense, and, and they're right there in the Super right Bowl there. chase too. So yeah. I, I think those are my three favorites on the teams that are really courting them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go on the converse here. I just think the most sense makes is to go to the Browns. Ooh. You have a you have a premier defense over there, and you got one of the best defenders in Miles Garrett. But on the other side, you had Olivier Vernon, who was hurt the majority of his like contract with the Browns. Mm. I just think that the most sense makes is to go there, and then after basically being a fourth quarter short of making it to the AFC Championship, I think that with him on the defense, I'm not saying it could solve all the problems, but it would sure help having him and Miles Garrett lined up side by side. It'd be tough to get the ball off, that's for sure. I exactly. Get it. I get it. And it also, with his signing, could bring in some other talent into Cleveland and stuff. Who's to say Richard Sherman doesn't see that and joins too? Yeah. Right. I just think that he could be the domino that makes the other ones fall too. So. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. That. I uh, I gotta tell you, JJ has a special place in my heart. His dad's a firefighter <laughs> in Wisconsin. I met guys that worked with his dad yeah. at one of the firefighter conferences I was at. They said, "Fantastic family, oh, top to bottom, yeah. class." No, no doubt. So, uh, anyway, um, my four teams that I think Green Bay and Pittsburgh are the first. I think they're probably at the bottom end because they got to work some cat magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they need to do some work. Now, you know, obviously we talked about Big Ben. He's willing to take a cut to try to improve that team, get some get some stars on there, more star power on that team. But I don't know. I, I'm not sure that that's going to get Pittsburgh to the big dance. Um, number two that I see, the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah. They got a little bit of room in, in, in under the cap. And, again, they were only one game away from being in the Super Bowl. So, that could be a landing spot. He's used to playing in the cold. He came from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one pick, and I think it's going to happen this weekend. He's going to Cleveland. Yes, Ooh. sir. Oh they oh got my. Cleveland's got twenty-five to thirty million in cap space. Yeah, they do have um, a lot. You know, they can. He can do. He can be a one-year rental, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, sign a sign a one-year contract for fifteen million. Decent money. You know, maybe with an option for a second year, maybe. Um, you know, and the Browns, you know, they weren't like Braden said, one one bad quarter away from the away from the championship game. So I think you're gonna see if it if it's this weekend, it'll either be Buffalo and Cleveland or Cleveland because they already know they have the cap space. Mm-hmm. If it goes longer than that, I'd say those teams are probably out mm-hmm. and it'll he'll go to a team that's trying to work some cap space yep. magic. So mm-hmm. I think um I'd love to see him go to Cleveland, um, play, you know, him and Miles Garrett on opposite side. Jesus, what do you do at that point? If you're a quarterback, mm-hmm. you got to be shaking in your shoes before oh, yeah. you ever go on the field. <laughs> yeah, With those o- offensive linemen got to be quaking in their boots too. Yeah, in their yeah. yeah. yeah and he is only 31 years old, so there's still a little bit of time I, left. Yeah, with there's him. there's some gas in the tank there. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just I think I think it's going to be Cleveland, fellas. I really do. They already have the cap room, and, and they're a contender. Makes the most that's sense. What, that's what that's what he wants. And I'll tell you something else. That's what that kid deserves yep. is to be in a, be somewhere where they're a contender. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I still think though Green Bay writes itself, man. That, that's a that's a storybook ending coming home. Hometown kid. True. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Hey, yeah. he can't make know. it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, though. That's the thing. It'll be interesting to see because yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers' big beef with Green Bay is he wants more weapons yeah. on that offense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, JJ Watt's not the answer to that problem. But yeah. you know, yeah. maybe you know, I don't know. We'll see how that all pans out. Yeah. All right. The other. JJ out, but Wentz is in, in and Indy. So, uh, you know, this was a uh, kind of a surprise, really, when earlier in the week they announced he was, you know, going to go somewhere else. And I don't know what happened to that deal, but, uh, you know, then all of a sudden this pops up. I know it was, it was always a consideration, mm-hmm. and I think for Carson that's where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes uh, for a third rounder and a second rounder, which would be, could become a first rounder, and I didn't know what that meant. I had yeah. to look it up, and yeah. I, yeah. I can hopefully explain that a little bit. If he takes seventy five percent of the snaps, that second rounder will become a first rounder. Or mm-hmm. if he takes seventy percent of the snaps and Indy makes the playoffs, yeah. that second rounder becomes a first rounder. So 
I so it's going to be a first round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they obviously first. didn't trade for him to not take the majority yeah. of the Unless, snaps. You know, barring getting injured. Yeah, right. right. Um, Which, know, I mean, could happen. I mean, could he happen. has been. Injury bug has hit him. So it could happen. But he's got a phenomenal offensive line. Top five offensive line. Yeah, I think that's going to. And I think that's going to do great thing for for Carson. Did did they give up too much for him? What do you guys think? I don't think so. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, we were talking what two three weeks ago. Matthew Stafford. There was literally like two first rounders for a thirty three year old quarterback. Yeah, and now never, that that hasn't really done, underperformed. Right. Maybe. Right. So now you got Wentz. I, I think he got Wentz at a bargain. I, think I do he too. Did, I mean, I think the rate's definitely been set. I mean. You, you're not getting any starting caliber quarterback without giving up a first rounder. Exactly. So right. I, I think that rate's set. So right. I, I think they're right on. Maybe, maybe a little underpaid. You know. Yeah, I think I think yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit of a bargain bargain there. You know, with a third rounder and a possible you know first round. I think it's going to turn into a first rounder. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think it will be. You know, I, I think the the Colts got a, got a bargain. I mean, the question yeah. is though, were they bidding against themselves? I heard there weren't a lot of calls for. Yeah, it sounded so, like they didn't so get. Maybe they did give too much. Wanted to get. Right, yeah, we're really mean, only giving up a know, third and a second rounder for a starting quarterback. When, when we talked much. about it, you know, in our wrap-up show, I told you it was down to two teams. It was either the Bears or the Colts, and you know, he went, you know, got traded to the Colts. And, and from what I'm hearing, the Bears didn't even make an offer. They didn't even pick up the phone and say, "Hey, what, what, what can we do what here?" Take? They, they, they decided we aren't even going to take the chance. Yeah, that could hit at and, and, and you know, something to look at, fellas. You know, coming off this last year, Wentz. 57.4 completion rate, God. good for 34th in the league. Jesus. 15 interceptions. Ouch, better get better. First in the league and took 50 sacks first in the league. And on top of that, he didn't even play in the last four games <laughs> of the season. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, you know, something that you might say pump the brakes. Maybe the Colts didn't get a bargain. Well, but you can't. Well, 50 sacks, yeah, that's not his fault. Exactly. I, I understand, but, but you got to look at it. Those, oh, yeah. You know, some of it may have been he's holding on to the ball yeah. too long. Yeah, or, you not, know, not moving. Right, he's not, you know, also he's not the most mobile quarterback. Right, right. So, you know, that's also just something one. something yeah. to think about. Um, you know, and do the Eagles, you know, the Eagles, do they – what do they do? You know, that, yeah. that are they basically saying we're all in on Jalen Hurts? Well, not just that. Or are they going maybe QB? I don't know might go QB – their first Shot. first round pick. Wow. They're also having to eat thirty million dollars out of Carson Wentz's contract. Yeah. Right, right. They so gotta, they're basically paying Indy to take yeah, him, right. get him off the thing. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, no, it's it, it's crazy. And you know, I, I I sent this out to the the rest of the group, uh, you know, during the week. But kind of a crazy stat after this trade: no first round QB drafted from two thousand nine to two thousand sixteen are with their original NFL team. In that span, 22 quarterbacks. Wow. And even to go even further into that craziness, 11 of those 22 are not even in the league anymore. That just shows you how much. The list goes on and on. you got Mark Sanchez, Josh (laughs) Freeman, Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, Jake Locker, Christian Pondner, Andrew Luck, who's, you know, the biggest surprise out of all of that. Yeah. Brandon Whedon, E.J. Manuel, Johnny Manziel, and Paxton Lynch. Those, oh, yeah, those guys. were Cleveland quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. So it's just crazy to think that, yeah, almost, uh, you know, almost 10 years of quarterbacks gone. gone. And you know that trend's not changing much because, I mean, right. look at recently, you got Haskins. Mitch Trubisky. Gone, right, right. Trubisky. right. 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 Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray's one of the few that's stuck. But right, I mean, right. It's, it's, he's quarterbacks been aren't years. a great pickup in the first right, round. Right, right. So, I, I think these teams are overvaluing exactly. the first-round quarterback pick. Yeah. And I know you need one, but I, yeah. I think as many that have failed, that probably ought to come later. All right. Your draft. Well, let, let's uh, wrap that part up. And let's, before we get off the air, let's uh, Matt, you're our resident NASCAR <laughs> expert. Why don't you give us a little NASCAR news? Absolutely. Well, we had the first race of the season here uh, last weekend. It was the Daytona 500. This was a race that was really uh, decided by two big crashes. Yeah, yeah. Within a six-hour rain delay. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> and, and within the first 15 laps of the race, there was a crash that took out 16 drivers. God bless. <laughs> so, Man. I mean, yeah. That, that, that really <laughs> a made a big difference, field. absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, late in the race, there was a crash. Uh, the top two, uh, Brad Kozlowski and um, his uh, teammate in, uh, on the Penske team, were Logano. racing. Yeah, yeah, Logano, were racing for the number one spot. They both crashed, and a guy who was 100 to 1 odds never had a win in his life 
Michael McDowell gets gets his first career win at the Daytona 500. I would have thrown some money on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then yeah. this race also saw the a debut of the uh, Michael Jordan Racing Team, led by their new driver, Bubba Wallace. He, mm. he finished 17th in the race, but throughout the race he was at or near the top most of the race. He's yeah. actually the uh, first black driver to ever lead a lap at the Daytona. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. so I, I don't think it'll be long until we until we see that number 23 car in victory lane. The, the only thing I'd add to that, though, I did see where they got in a little bit of trouble with their inspections a couple of times during the week. They had a little week. trouble, uh, yeah, meeting the requirements. They, uh, they, they, got, they got cited the, twice for inspections. They had to start 43rd at the back of the pack, and, uh, which, you know, is a – Tribute to how good he did at yeah, staying I mean, out of trouble. Yeah, and, right. With those know, two big wrecks, I mean, that could have yeah. been disastrous for him. But, yeah, two two failed inspections finally got it right on the third time. They did have to start in the back of the pack, and they lost their uh, crew chief for, for the race. So, mm-hmm. But still finished 17th. That's pretty good, yeah. you know, barring the well, circumstances. And a, and a little so. other little nugget on that. Yeah, Michael Jordan's the uh, principal owner, but uh, Denny, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin yeah. Denny Hamlin, you know, and he. That, there's he, your knowledge. He races yep. with, uh, you know, for Joe Gibbs Racing, and they have a technical alliance, they call it. So they're getting a lot of good stuff from Joe Gibbs Racing. I think that's going to help that team, you know, that, that 23, 23 car go a long way. Um, the only thing that, you know, I, and it's not really anything to do with that race, but um, this was the lowest viewed. Daytona 500 ever. That's and I think some of that's attributed to that six-hour rain delay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that, but I really hate to see the ratings dropping like that for the Daytona mm-hmm. and for NASCAR as a whole. Um, you know, we got the road course back at Daytona coming up, the inaugural road course race back that's, at the infield of that's Daytona. Gonna be, that's going to be interesting It's going to be interesting. Um, you got Chase Elliott, the defending champion on the pole, mm. and, he, and he's quite the road racer. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, you know, he drives for Hendricks, who you know obviously is a storied program in uh, NASCAR. So I, you know, I look for Chase Elliott to do great things this weekend. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's a road course. He's a good driver, and uh, he's a defending champion. Well, man, if the ratings for the Daytona 500 were that bad, what's it going to be for some of these mid-tier? Rate? I mean, that is like the that's like yeah, the that's Super race Bowl of the races. NASCAR. Yeah, you know, they, they have their Super Bowl at the beginning of this. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if, if the ratings for that were that bad, that could spell some big-time trouble for NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to see that. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of uh, Fired Up. We uh, appreciate you listening to us, and uh, we'll. Uh, Get you some information. We're going to go live next week. This was a recorded show. We're going to go live podcast next week. We're getting some new equipment ordered, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week on Wednesday night. We'll be our first live broadcast of the new Fired Up show.